This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, speaking to Oanda senior market analysts from around the world with all the latest business and market news. And today we speak to Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London and good morning to you, Ed. Always a pleasure to be on. Absolutely. And it's non-farm payroll day. So shall we start with that? The US economy adding just 49,000 jobs in January. Was that worse or better than expected? You know, it was a disappointment. And also we had a very uh, large uh, downwardly revised December number from 140,000 jobs lost to 227. So, so I think it was it was just a, a pretty much uh, a very downbeat employment report that just kind of cements that belief that we're, we're, we can easily justify this next round of stimulus. And uh, there's probably going to be a strong case that uh, the labor market recovery is going to take a lot longer. There's 10 million jobs that are still needing to be recovered. Uh, and, and also there's 4 million Americans that have been unemployed long term. So that, I think you're, you're going to see that markets are just embracing the idea that the Biden administration is, is going to be able to deliver more stimulus. And we also had some rhetoric from some um, lawmakers that Republicans might even be able to uh, make some agreements on infrastructure down the road. So I think there's a lot of optimism that, you know, the stimulus trade just got bolstered and it's probably going to keep things um, going higher for, for U.S. equities. Yes. And as you said, the numbers, 10 million short of where we stood around about a year ago before the pandemic really hit, the unemployment rate now at 6.3%. That is down 0.4 points from December. Is it in the United States a little bit like it is here? Because of the vaccination program, and obviously the UK has done pretty well so far with over 10 million, approaching now 11 million uh, vaccinations achieved over the last few weeks. I know that the American program isn't going too badly in some states. So has that optimism crossed the Atlantic as well? It, it, I think this week there was a turning point where we did see more vaccinations than than cases of COVID. And there's a lot of optimism that now we've got uh, the J&J vaccine is, is, is expected to kind of uh, get the, the green light next month. And, and there's there's going to be, I think, uh, that, that thesis that if everything goes as planned... Uh, that you're going to have a, a, a reopening of large parts of the, the, the country by September. And uh, that's kind of what I think everyone is kind of trying to to uh, price in. And, and if that's the case, I think you're going to see that uh, some Americans will will have a, a regular summer. Many won't. Um, but but I, but I think there's there's a lot of optimism that we're definitely on the other side and uh, things are getting a lot better. The deaths, those numbers are still, you know, over 3,000, I think, you know, because of uh, some intense uh, snow weather, we, we had a, a big spike in deaths yesterday. But if you take a look at new cases, that's been trending lower for, for throughout consistently the past month. So I think there's a lot of optimism that things are getting better. Uh, the concern, though, is you're starting to see some signs of reopening. New York is going to have indoor dining at a small capacity uh, on Valentine's Day. So in just uh, over a week, 
Uh, so we're, we're anticipating that you're going to probably see a, a little bit of a spike up in cases. And that virus variant, uh, we, you know, I, I think uh, it's hitting Europe a lot harder first. And um, it is in the U.S. It is spreading. And um, we're, we're, you know, just waiting to see exactly um, how bad that gets here. So so I think there's 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 still risk, short term risks. But um, overall, the optimism is, is really uh, has really improved, I think. Uh, and, and there's there's that hope that, you know, the a few more tough months, but I think that we're, we're getting to a position where a lot of the economy can start to reopen. And did those jobs numbers have any effect on the dollar or indeed the markets? Well, it's been interesting because I, I think since the, uh, the start of the year, we've really seen a steady rebound with the U.S. dollar. Uh, and I, I think the, the disappointing non-farm payroll report really kind of just triggered a, um, uh, a, a, a big, uh, move higher with uh, the, the high beta currencies. The dollar was pretty much weaker again across the board. Uh, and, and I think you're probably going to see that uh, overall, you know, the, the U.S. dollar, uh, the, the, the fundamentals, just because of the unprecedented fiscal and stimulus efforts um, that are likely to remain in place throughout the entire year, and because the Fed is going to be the last major central bank to raise rates, uh, you're going to see the dollar kind of resume that role as a funding currency. So I think the 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 short squeeze on those bearish bets has ha, might have run its course. I think we we could still see one last push higher here for the dollar, but ultimately I think the consensus trade on Wall Street is that it is going to weaken uh, throughout most of the year. So we'll we'll see if um, a lot of those bearish bets have been unwound, and if that's the case, then typically you get the green light for further dollar pain. So so it's it's starting to look like the dollar could be uh, um, ready to resume its weakness. Indeed. On this side of the pond, Ed, we had a fairly optimistic report from the Bank of England. The economy in the United Kingdom expected to shrink 4.2% in the first three months of 2021. Of course, that's down to lockdown restrictions. But because of the vaccination program that I mentioned, they believe that the economy will bounce back strongly this year and consumer confidence will return. Very much so. I, I think the key takeaway was rapid re- rebound, uh, and it's all—it's all because of that vaccination effort. I think you're—you're you're seeing that uh, the BOE. Uh, it, 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 it's not every every uh, policy meeting that you see it really just provide a, a strong move across treasuries, but it really helped the treasury yield curve steepened, uh, and 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 I think that. Uh, you're you're, you're going to have a lot more optimism that that reflation trade is going to be a global story. And the, the UK economy is looking uh, fairly, fairly attractive, especially uh, considering um, uh, some of the struggles that you're seeing in the eurozone. Uh, so, so, so I, th- I think you're, you're probably going to, I think I'm um, going to anticipate that, uh, you know, the UK bond yields, you know, they were after, after the, the BOE decision, they rose across the board. Uh, the the ten year and thirty year rates also kind of um, approach those pre pandemic levels, and uh, I, I think that you know the, the the other key takeaway was that negative interest rates. It seems like it's part of the arsenal, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. So um, it might it'll, it might be uh, required during the the next uh, recession, which might be uh, a non COVID story. Uh, but but it seems that. Uh, the, the UK economy is is, uh, is, is poised for a, a much quicker rebound than anything that we're going to see out of the rest of Europe. And, and that's why I think you're, you're probably having 
you're going to have a lot more optimism for UK assets. Now, this time last week, Ed, we were marvelling at what had been happening with GameStop shares. But over the past week or so, we've seen the extraordinary rise and fall of this company. Shares coming under renewed pressure throughout the week. Fortunes earned and lost in a matter of days. Very much so. I, I think the GameStop Anonymous, it, it really just, uh, for, for me, it was something that provided yet another lesson for the retail trader. Um, I, I, I think what we're, we're seeing is that uh, uh, there, there's going to be uh, a, a tremendous amount of scrutiny. Uh, you're going to see the SEC involved and they're, they're currently evaluating you know, what, what needs to be addressed. And, uh, but overall, you have to be pleased with how the financial system held up. I think that uh, GameStop, it, it, you know, I, I think a lot of the troubles um, that happened was, you know, driven by Robinhood. They were unable, they were not capitalized properly. They were unable to handle that type of flow. And uh, that's why you saw the restrictions. And I think that really um, kind of uh, killed the momentum of that trade and started to unhinge that, that relentless rally that we saw. It, those, the, the, that skyrocketing move was not justified. I think that you're, you, know, you, you knew that this was going to come to an end. And especially once those short covering, that short interest kind of fell from 140 to 140% to just closer to 40%. I, I think that's what kind of uh, provided the, 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 the clear signal that, you know, this mania was, was ending and it was probably going to end quickly. And, 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 and you're, you're still seeing, though, there is a, a lot of retail traders that are trying to hold the line. You know, if you if you still stay on, if you're following Wall Street bets, if you're following those uh, same traders on on TikTok, they're they're just trying to remain um, adamant about holding on to these positions. So I think you're going to see that uh, uh, it's going to be a, a rough lesson to to learn because I think that uh, you're you're seeing like every day, like today at one point GameStop was up over thirty percent, and I think you're going to see that there's going to be a lot of dead cat bounces, but in the end the fundamentals will win out, and uh, there's the, eventually, especially for a small cap stock, you're going to see the valuations will will hold out. So I think that uh, this type of uh, frenzied trade is 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 coming to an end. But um, I think it has brought on uh, a new wave of traders. Millennials, they're the largest generation. They're going to they're going to probably still uh, hold on to some positions. And uh, I think you're going to see that uh, you know they've uh, a lot of them have bought silver coins. <laughs> uh, so you're going to see that they're going to remain um, looking for the next best thing. And, and that's why you're seeing you know that interest into silver. And uh, it's also returning back to the cryptocurrencies. And talking of cryptocurrencies, or is it a cryptocurrency? Dogecoin started off as a joke and um, then soared in value. And that was after inventor Elon Musk called it the people's crypto. But is it a crypto? <laughs> yes. Uh, so Do Dogecoin, and, and this is uh, what what's so fascinating is is that uh, in the crypto community, you know, for for the most part, it, the institutional money they're interested in Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash. Uh, Dogecoin, though, is it, I mean, it just has that adorable dog on on its uh, currency uh, <laughs> logo, and uh, it is uh, it, it really uh, provides no added value on the blockchain technology or or just uh, in in general of of how it is uh, priced. Um, but the interest and the the support from Elon Musk really shows the power that he has uh, 
with uh, this this new wave of traders it is it's it's it's, it's amazing because when you when you take a look at what we've learned throughout this pandemic is that uh, the retail trader is a force to be reckoned with I know yes there a lot of them are learning a hard lesson with GameStop but when you take a look at what the retail trader has done throughout this pandemic, they were the ones that were betting on Tesla. They were the ones that sent the stock higher. Wall Street, all the analysts said, no, these valuations, too much froth, whatever. They just sound cases that, you know, we can't justify the 700% rise. But the momentum behind this, it's relentless buying from these retail traders uh, that has really kind of provided a, a big shift um, for, for Tesla. And it's those same retail traders that, you know, they were part of the, 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 the initial surge in Bitcoin. Uh, and then it collapsed, but then on this next, next, next rally up, uh, you know, after falling to close to 3000, you, you've seen retail was a part of that rally and also institutional interests. So I think that you're going to see that, uh, when Musk, is excited about something it's going to excite that retail trader and and dogecoin i mean it, it jumped at one point over 70 percent this is not uh this this is uh, something that uh you can't make that case that for those valuations for for dogecoin and and, and i think that uh you're, you're going to see that uh it shows you the power of, of of what you know these these uh small retail traders can do i think it's because there's just uh, thousands and thousands of them that are getting behind these moves and it, it really is providing just uh, uh, just a kind of a a little bit of a shock that you know you're 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 getting all these big moves and it's not because of what people are reading on the Bloomberg terminal or Reuters uh, or CNBC.com no it, they're getting it from uh, Twitter they're getting it from um, uh, whether it's Facebook or, or uh, YouTube um, or streaming shows, uh, and, and this is this is this type of uh, craziness is 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 not going to go away anytime soon. So I think uh, the Dogecoin is is uh, I think not going to end well. It's going to probably have a similar outcome that we've seen with uh, with uh, GameStop or AMC, and uh, I think that probably uh, you're you're going to eventually see. Uh, that interest kind of go back to the the bread and butter cryptocurrencies, which is uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, which have been performing strongly and uh, do have uh, um, legitimate fundamentals that um, are supporting some of these moves. And meantime, the rise and rise and rise of Apple looks set to continue. They are close to finalizing a deal with Hyundai Kia to manufacture an Apple branded autonomous vehicle. And this is going to be at the Kia assembly plant in uh, Georgia. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know how long it's going to take to manufacture this car, when it's going to start to be rolling them out. But this is quite a thing, isn't it? Yes, it, it's a, uh, and we have to remember, this is the second real attempt that Apple is having at an electric vehicle. Uh, about five years ago, uh, they, they were all in. They were, you know, investing millions of dollars into getting, developing their own EV. And, and guess what? They, uh, they, they threw on the towel. It was just too tough. They did not have the right strategy. So uh, it, it's, it's obviously an important potential revenue stream that you're seeing them uh, reconsider. And uh, I think that uh, there is strong optimism for the whole EV space, especially with the Biden administration 
the direction that we're seeing uh, cars are going. I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the uh, Wall Street Journal kind of highlighted that uh, the Apple, you know, the, the plan is that if this is if this gets the green light, uh, 2024 is when we could start to see these Apple cars hit the hit 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 the showrooms. And uh, I, I think that you're going to see that this is very um, going to be a, a difficult market to break into. Um, I think right now Tesla has the big lead and a lot of this uh, success will d- depend on can Apple um, kind of uh, have breakthroughs on the battery front. And also um, you, you're going to see that uh, the competition is not just Tesla. You're, you're, you've, you've seen uh, other manufacturers uh, embrace uh, this uh, new environment of, of EV. And uh, I, th- I think that you're probably, you should not be surprised if you end up seeing Apple, not just team up with uh, Hyundai and Kia, but also uh, possibly one other uh, major manufacturer. So I think that there is a lot of, um, I think, uh, interest in, in this story because this is going to really, well, well, if Apple is successful, how much will this take away from Tesla? Um, but right now, I think you, you you basically have just you know you see that Tesla has a you know three years of production and and, and of car sales that you know will just further uh, cement their 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 market share. So I think uh, it is uh, it's going to be an interesting story to see exactly how uh, they go about it. But um, uh, I, I think that uh, EV is is uh, is where you're going to see a lot of people want to try to uh, get get um, some some of their uh, portfolios allocated to, and uh, I think everyone loves Apple. Apple is kind of uh, the one of the in the U.S. a key holding for most most American portfolios. Uh, so, you, so you're it's going to be uh, very close to important to watch to see that uh, if if uh, this is deemed as successful, and I think that unless they if they are unable to show uh, strong. Uh, breakthroughs or, or, or inclinations that uh, people are going to be um, lining up to buy their cars. Um, you know, are they just going to trade in their Teslas or or what? Um, I think you, you, this is going to be important for Apple stock. And uh, I think investors are going to want to see exactly how much of their free cash is, is going to go to this. And let's not play down the significance of the fact that the car is going to be built in the United States and particularly in a state like uh, Georgia, which will play well to those that want to bring jobs back or those sorts of jobs back to the good old US of A. And the other thing that I think is interesting is, you know, they're a tech giant. And I would imagine that they'll want to control the software and the hardware that goes into the vehicle. So that is a bit of a challenge, isn't it, to the usual car model brands? Very much so. And, and, and I think, I mean, Apple has enough cash where they could easily buy one of these car manufacturers. Um, if you if you uh, if you also uh, remember, too, uh, it was not too long ago that Tesla was actually having discussions with Apple and Apple could have easily bought Tesla uh, uh, years ago. So I think that you're you're going to see that the, the, the car speculation trading is going to remain uh, uh, rabbit, and I, I think you're going to see that there's going to be some established manufacturer that is going to strongly benefit from from uh, partnering up with Apple. So I think you're going to see that uh, overall, though the 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 car space is going to do I think nicely, and I think everyone is kind of a kind of a focused on that as the, the next big thing. And automotive, you know, having robo taxis that's the that's going to be the future, and I think you're going to see. It's going to be a battle between, you know, Apple's technology versus Tesla's. And uh, that's going to be one to, uh, a fun one to watch. 
Okay, before we let you go, Ed, a quick preview to look ahead to the next few days and week. What stands out for you? Well, for, for me, I think, you know, we've gotten through the employment report for in the U.S. And uh, I think there's going to be a, a big uh, amount of attention paid to uh, the CPI release on Wednesday. Um, pricing pressures, there, there's, there's going to be a reflation trade trigger. We're going to see a surge in prices. And I think that you're going to see a lot of Americans are going to uh, look to see, you know, it, you know when, at what point do we start to see that tick up? Um, but, uh, but I think that... Uh, as far as you know, inflation running hot. I, I even there's going to come a point that you're going to see that jump, uh, but that's not going to derail the Fed. And I think a lot of that is because we have to remember what happened early in the pandemic. Prices collapsed, and then we had a sharp rebound. So uh, you know, these next few months, you know, we could see uh, eventually a, a spike higher. But remember, uh, because in the summer we had that early part of the inflation trade start to form, you know, those prices are going to be elevated. So it's going to look like things are going to be muted. So I think um, pricing pressures are going to be a key one to follow. And I think that's going to kind of really kind of kickstart those tapering tantrum discussions again for policy watchers. Um, but but I think that in the end that uh, prices, uh, I think you're going to see mild pressure uh, next week. And uh, that would just kind of keep the, the, the consensus trade on stimulus and 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 outlook for what the Fed and, and uh, the Biden administration is going to be doing um, going forward. Uh, in, in addition to, to the CPI reading, uh, you know, there, there's there's going to be, uh, I think, some key data on uh, from Germany on Monday. We're going to have uh, their industrial production data, which is supposed to show a little bit of a, um, uh, a drop. So I think that's going to be closely watched. Uh, and uh, in, in addition to that, we're going to have the chair Powell speak on Wednesday, which um, whenever Powell speaks, you know, markets are on edge. So I, I think that he's he's been very consistent. Uh, I would not I would expect for him to kind of maintain that cautious stance. We'll see if he addresses the uh, uh, disappointing employment report. And if so, uh, does that bring the Fed any closer uh, to uh, talking about possibly increasing their purchases? The sudden surge in Treasury yields, does this mean yield curve control uh, talks could start to resume? So we'll, we'll, we'll see exactly what happens, but that's going to be a big one to watch. Um, and and uh, I think uh, in, in the end, uh, on uh, as far as economic data goes, you, you can't ignore the UK um, GDP and industrial production data. Um, everyone wants that rapid, you know, rebound for for the UK economy later um, uh, next quarter, and we'll see exactly you know what's the baseline going to be. So I think everyone's going to be focused on those data points, and then obviously we have the, the Lunar New Year public holiday starting um, in Asia. China takes a break from the 11th through the 17th, so illiquid conditions could provide some choppy moves. So I think everyone's going to be a little bit careful as far as positioning um, throughout that that time period. So. Um, you know, you, you could start to see some wild swings, but I think unless there's a, a, a strong driver behind it, you'll probably see uh, some re- reversion to the means on some of those moves. Um, and and uh, obviously COVID, it's all it's still about COVID execution, vaccine progress and rollouts. I think uh, the 
European situation has improved as far as new cases go. Uh, virus variants are going to be the, the, the focal point. And, and, you know, obviously the, the global economic recovery is going to depend a lot on emerging markets. They've struggled with uh, their vaccine rollouts. So we'll see exactly if, if they're finally able to kind of uh, get the ship in the right direction there. Ed, thanks very much for joining us today. Have a really good weekend and we'll speak to you again same time next week. Thank you so much.